It's Wednesday on Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Happy to be back for another day. Hope you guys are having a good one out there as well. Happy Caitlin Clark in Minneapolis Day to those who celebrate. <clears throat> if you've been looking forward to Gophers versus Iowa at Williams Arena, that game has finally arrived tonight. We'll have plenty of thoughts on that tomorrow after the game happens um, on, on tomorrow's show. So look forward to that. Lots of good stuff coming up on today's show as well. Phil Miller from the Star Tribune joins me here in just a little bit to talk twins. Uh, Byron Buxton making his spring debut in center field on uh, on Tuesday. First time he's been in center field for the twins in about a year and a half, 554 days. So Phil and I will get into that. Talked to him after yesterday's game. Talked about how happy Byron Buxton seems in spring training this year and how much of a difference that makes for the twins. Have some Wolves and Wild thoughts at the end of the show as well. Both those teams played Tuesday night and kind of continued what they've been doing all season long. Wolves winning, Wild disappointing in this game. Kind of an up and down year for them, but they were 3-2 losers to Carolina last night. We'll get into that at the end of the show as well. First, though, what I miss, Quasi uh, Mensa and Kevin O'Connell talked at the scouting combine on Tuesday Newsy-ish uh, delivery from both of them talking about Justin Jefferson, talking about Kirk Cousins, talking about a lot of stuff. A lot of the big decisions that they have this offseason were addressed. I'm trying to understand something here. What exactly has changed for the Vikings that they are now presenting this kind of unified message about? We know what we have in Kirk Cousins. We want him back. What exactly has changed? So here's... First off, here's Kevin O'Connell talking about Kirk Cousins at the scouting combine on Tuesday. Kirk was a huge reason why um, I thought so highly amongst a lot of things about the Minnesota Vikings opportunity um, because of my belief in him. Uh, we've won a lot of games over these two years with, with Kirk as our quarterback, and I thought he was playing as well as anybody in the National Football League when he got hurt at, at uh, after beating the Packers at Lambeau uh, last year, You know, coming off a Monday night win over the team that represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. And, and to have that happen was... Uh, you know, it was a big deal for me personally and, and, and much beyond just my role of coaching the team. Um, but it's been awesome to see him through his rehab and where he's at now really get right back up on his feet and attack this thing. But uh, my feelings on Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, are, they really have not wavered in two years. And if anything, they're, they're stronger now, uh, having gone through uh, a lot of adversity together. But, uh, you know, we've had a lot of success as well. Definitely natural for a head coach to praise his quarterback, certainly one who's worked with Kirk Cousins for so long, things like that. Here's the thing I'm having a hard time understanding as they go into negotiations, a very important next two weeks before Cousins can become a free agent, something the Vikings allowed to happen because last year they could not agree on a long-term contract terms with, with Kirk Cousins. What has changed? So last year at this time, they're trying to negotiate a deal with Cousins. They end up just adding two void years to his deal. They could have had Kirk Cousins for three years last year, right? That's that's what Ben Gessling reported. That's what we've been reporting all along, that basically the sticking point was they only wanted to do guaranteed money for 2023 and 2024 at that point, right? That was, that was kind of the sticking point. So instead, they just go into 2023 and they give Kirk Cousins those void years, which basically means pushing this dead money out, but making him a free agent after the 2023 season. So what happens in 2023? Cousins plays eight games. They go four and four. 
Um, he's playing well towards the end of that four and four stretch. They beat the they beat the 49ers, they beat the Packers, things like that. But <clears throat> he gets hurt at Lambeau Field. He hurts his Achilles, tears his Achilles out for the season. So right now, he's four they're they're four and four with Kirk Cousins. Now the revisionist history seems to be that Kirk Cousins had a great year last year. Kirk Cousins started the year one and four with the Vikings, had seven turnovers in those first five games. Not all of that was his fault, of course. It's never all his fault, which is fair. But I, I just don't understand what exactly changed along the way to make them now say, we, we want him back. We, we're, we're pretty sure we're, we're going to do this. We want him back. We know Kirk Cousins. We know who he is. We think he wants to be back. I didn't see enough last year, honestly, to make me think that you want to do multiple years of Kirk Cousins again. If they wanted to do that, they could have done that last year, coming off a 13-4 and season, by the way. They could have done that coming off a 13-4 and season, and they didn't. So I'm still waiting to see what the explanation is. I'm still waiting to see exactly what they do here, whether it matches what they're saying at the combine. But they definitely came into indianapolis with a sort of unified message both kevin o'connell and quasi do talking about kirk cousins and how they want him back and i'm just struggling at this point to see how much changed in the last year did they get scared because they saw what happens when you don't have veteran quarterback play when you have to play dobbs when you have to play uh, you know nick mullins when you have to play jaron hall maybe that's part of it but i don't think kirk cousins last year did enough to say this is absolutely your guy going forward. And now, you know, by the way, he's a year older, coming off an Achilles injury. He's here for he's been here for six years, two playoff appearances, one playoff win. I'm not a Kirk Cousins hater. I think he's a good quarterback. I am just of the mind that A, I think it's time to move on, and B, if you wanted to sign Kirk Cousins, you would have signed Kirk Cousins already. That's the point I want to make. If you wanted to sign him, you would have done it last year. I don't get what's different this year. Now, that wasn't the only subject they tackled at the Combine. Quesito Fomenza also saying the, the thought of trading Justin Jefferson has never once crossed his mind. I'm glad. Good. Let's put that silly rumor or rumbling to bed, right? Like, Because the thought has crossed my mind, and I've thought about it enough. I've been like, okay, what if they did trade Justin Jefferson? What kind of haul... Could you get for Justin Jefferson? Enough people have asked that question, kind of wondered. Every time you go down that road, you come to, you come to the same dead end, which is this. Nothing you get back for him will guarantee you anywhere near the value that you can get for just that, that Justin Jefferson brings to your team right now. Even if you could include him as part of a package that gets you into a top three conversation for a quarterback this year, things like that. There are no guarantees. The guarantee you have with Justin Jefferson is he is the best non-quarterback offensive player in the NFL right now. I know he was hurt last year. Um, that's a fluke, right? That was the first time he's been injured in, in his Vikings career. He is the best non-quarterback in the NFL, at least on offense. That is not someone you want to trade. I'm glad they are unified in that message that they're coming out and saying, we are, you know, we have no intention. There's, there's never, never even thought about this. This is a guy who's, you know, a great player who we, who we want to sign to a long-term contract. So I'm glad they are unified on that. Now, where it gets a little tricky, and I will acknowledge this, is that I think Justin Jefferson, and he said this already, he wants Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. They are not willing to say that he is going to be the quarterback. They're not willing to say that to him. Now, he's this is going to be solved. This is going to be resolved. The quarterback's going to be resolved before any kind of extension, I would imagine, is signed and agreed to. But they're they're kind of in a tricky spot where they know what his preference is. It might not work out that way. I hope, though, that they're not thinking about Kirk Cousins in this way because they feel like they have to appease Justin Jefferson. I hope they are making a 
football decision and nothing more than that. So that that's that's the curious piece to me. Like what's what is motivating what they're saying at the combine? What else is going to come out of this? What what more can they do this offseason to show kind of what direction they're going to go? I don't know. It's an interesting it's an interesting time. The bottom line for me is what has changed about Kirk Cousins. I can't figure that out. I need help figure I I need help figuring that out. I don't understand what exactly about their thinking could have changed about him where now they would give him a multi-year extension with guaranteed money? What about that has changed? That, to me, is the question they need to answer at some point. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! Tortured Vikings fans will remember that call. Paul Allen, KFAN. Josh McCown throwing to Nate Poole. Final play of the 2003 regular season, knocking the Vikings out of the playoffs. That was a very special, uh, very a very special uh, piece of, uh, of of terribleness from the Vikings that year. They started the year six and zero, lost to all the worst teams in the NFL, and then lost to the Cardinals uh, when the Cardinals scored on you know fourth and forever with McCown throwing to Poole. Nate Poole got like the keys to the city. He's the one you remember the most, right? Nate Poole's the name you remember the most, but Josh McCown was the quarterback for the Cardinals that threw that pass. Josh McCown is now the Vikings quarterback coach. They announced that on Tuesday. Josh McCown, the guy who broke their hearts in 2003, is now their quarterback's coach. I can't decide if this is tempting fate, if it's a huge flex, if it doesn't matter. I don't know what it is, but 20, 20, 21 years later, he is the guy who is going to be molding and shaping whoever is at quarterback for the Vikings in 2024 and beyond. So that, to me, was just kind of a fun little piece that also came out of Tuesday. Josh McCown to Nate Poole, and a moment that will live in infamy, a season that will live in infamy for the Vikings, started 6-0, and finished 9-7, and lost to all the worst teams, including the Cardinals, on the final play of that season. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. Let's talk twins today with Star Tribune beat writer Phil Miller down in Florida. Mostly I want to talk Byron Buxton, Phil, because on Tuesday, as you pointed out, the first time in I think 554 days that he was back in center field for the twins. That's like a year and a half. That is a long time for someone so good at that position to be away from it. What has this been like for him and what did it feel like for him to, to be back out there on Tuesday? Yeah, you can tell he's conflicted uh, about the whole thing because it's it strikes everyone as so important. Byron is back. He's going to play center field. But as he keeps saying, uh, it's spring training. These games don't count. Uh, he said he wasn't nervous about it, but he's pretty sure he will be when it's a real game. Um, yeah, he just looks at it as, uh, you, you know, an extension of practice. Uh, but... You could not miss that uh, dynamic in the ballpark today. He got a big uh, hand when he was uh, when the lineups were uh, announced. Um, a uh, a Twins uh, videographer ran out to his position with him and was circling him, uh, taking video while he was uh, warming up uh, just before the first pitch, which. Uh, he uh, found a little disconcerting. Actually, he, he, he was so funny today. He said, uh, 
I had to make sure I beat the beat the kid out to uh, center field because it looks bad if you uh, <laughs> right. if he beats you. Um, but uh, he uh, it, it it was a big deal uh, whether uh, whether he wants to uh, admit it or not. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot better team when uh, when he's in center field, and uh, you know you could. You could sense that the, his teammates feel that his uh, the fans felt that uh, you know, and uh, it was uh, only one day, but uh, he was uh, he was the focus of everything today. And we forget that right a little bit because he was a little bit out of sight, out of mind for some of last year because they were doing a lot of their damage in the second half of the year when he wasn't in the lineup, and before that he had a he had a few stretches where he was hitting well as a DH, but he had tailed off to the point where he finished, you know, under 210, down down close to 200 last year. But it's it's unfortunate, almost unfair, that he almost became a punchline to a certain degree, like, oh, Byron Buxton, yeah, is he ever going to do this? Is he ever going to do that? You forget about how great he can be when he's healthy because he just hasn't had that opportunity that much lately. So, yeah, it is a big deal to them. I mean, how much better are they simply with the prospect of him being out there? Well, certainly their defense gets a lot better. Uh, that uh, that goes without saying, and and you know the it's there's such a big emphasis this year on uh, on the mental side of the of the game uh, that the Twins have uh, three sports psychologists on staff now, and uh, they have pretty regular meetings. and uh, And the truth is, happy players play better, and. And Buxton has admitted the game's not fun when I just my entire role is to get three or four at bats and I'm sitting around watching the game and I can't watch it and I've got to go inside and I try to keep busy and uh, it, it it just wasn't fun. Um, it is a lot more fun to uh, play the field to uh, to uh, you know live up to the challenge of that. So. Uh, he thinks, and uh, I think the Twins are pretty convinced that um, not only will he improve their defense, but uh, he will improve their offense too because he's he's going to be much more engaged. I I can tell you, uh, his mood, his demeanor, his happiness, his joy is so evident in camp. Uh, we've all been talking about it. Uh, how much of a difference? A happy uh, Byron Buxton makes. He's he's doing all the drills. He uh, is acting uh, uh, like a rookie. He told me yesterday that uh, uh, it used to be when I was young, I'd stand out in the outfield and think, "Why are we doing all these all these dumb drills?" And now he feels like, "Hey, we get to go out and uh, and run around and catch fly balls today." That's great, and it feels like you know it didn't seem like it was this terribly complicated procedure right but he he's described it basically as as kind of night and day all of a sudden the pain in his knee is is gone and maybe whether it's that or being able to be out there for all of these things and obviously those things are connected but how much do you think is just the feeling of not being in pain anymore that's driving this good mood yeah the uh uh that's it was i'm not a i'm not a doctor so uh take uh take my uh diagnosis uh, for what it's worth but you know he said that they thought they had uh, repaired the knee and then there were little flaps of, uh, of skin or tendon or something that were interfering with the knee. And, and yeah, he said night and day uh, when that was taken care of, um, he can move around again. It, it, you know, he said uh, there was a long time where I'd get up in the morning and it would, it would 
kind of hurt to walk. And um, so uh, that part of it is, uh, um, is pretty exciting for him. It, it, you know, he has said it reminds him of uh, when he was young, when he was in his, when he was a teenager in his twenties and, uh, and, you know, could do amazing things. Uh, He, he definitely feels like uh, those amazing things are ahead again. He told you, I think Monday, that he hoped he dropped a fly ball, and that was interesting. He he said he was, you know, getting getting into the game Tuesday. He hoped he dropped a fly ball. Didn't sound like that was an opportunity. But what what was his day like on Tuesday? Yeah, he said he hoped he would drop a fly ball because he said uh, it it focuses you. That focuses you. Uh, if I drop a fly ball, I can guarantee you uh, that won't happen again this year. And so he was lo- looking for that for uh, for focus for uh, to get over the. Uh, the spring training is, is it real uh, kind of feeling Uh, he did. He played four innings in the outfield today. He went over two at the plate. Uh, He didn't have any fly balls uh, hit to him that he could drop. There was uh, a uh, two out uh, RBI double by uh, the Phillies shortstop, Trey Turner, that was in the gap, got it, uh, it probably bounced just short of the warning trap uh, track, but uh, he really uh, didn't have much of a chance at it. Uh, we thought, um, but we asked him about him after the game, and he said, "Yeah, uh, it occurred to me that uh, that old Byron uh, um, might have had a shot at that, might have tried to get that." But he said, uh, "I'm not going to dive in spring training. I'd have gotten in trouble if I had tried to dive uh, to make that catch um, in the regular season." He said, uh, "You get a good jump, you uh, you." get a good beat on the ball, you know, maybe it's catchable. Um, so, uh, I, other than that, it was a pretty uneventful, uh, day for him other than just the fact that he was out there, um, uh, out there doing what he does best. Final thing on him before we move on to some other stuff. Does that represent a shift? Cause I remember like there's been times where he can't let up. He can't, he only knows how to play, you know, a thousand miles an hour, hundred percent of the time. Is that, the wisening of of someone who's been injured so much or do you think this is you know are we reading too much into that oh i think absolutely i how many times have the twins told him don't take any chances how how tempting must it be to you know wrap them in bubble wrap and uh and wait out the month and uh and uh, just have him uh, do drills until uh, that uh, that day. He's, he knows, uh, you know, he, he knows it's a dangerous business sometimes, uh, especially the way he plays. And uh, yeah, I, I I think the lectures have sunk in. Uh, I I, uh, I do think he expects to play differently and take a lot more chances once the season starts. Now, interestingly enough, as he prepared to play his first game, the Twins made a trade for a good outfielder, Manuel uh, Manuel Margot. Uh, they were looking for a right-handed kind of you know corner outfielder. He can probably play a lot of different positions, so it wasn't like this is your Byron Buxton insurance necessarily. But this was something they kind of had on their off-season to-do list and finally got done on Monday. Yeah, uh, it, and uh, I, I was a little surprised. I thought that. Uh, free agent prices were coming down a bit. Uh, we saw the Cody Bellinger deal and maybe, uh, maybe Michael A. Uh, Taylor's price would, uh, would be, well, basically what the twins wanted was another one year deal with Michael A. Taylor. And he's holding up for, uh, 
two years or more, which is certainly understandable in his 30s. So um, the Twins finally gave up on that and uh, took uh, a, uh, a guy who's uh, probably got another one or two years uh, left of of being really effective in the outfield. He's not as good as, uh, as he was, but um, he's also uh, uh, kind of a thoughtful guy, a uh, kind of a leader uh, in the clubhouse, uh, um, from what the twins have been told and what uh, what we've been told. So uh, he arrived in camp today. I mean, the, the trade was made uh, yesterday afternoon and uh, he showed up today and actually asked Rocco uh, if he's in, if he's in the lineup, uh, which, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive. I think uh, he impressed his teammates uh, with that. Um, I, I asked uh, Byron Buxton if, uh, if you warn him that you're not going to get to play much this year uh, <laughs> back in center. And he said, no, no, he's, he's, he's glad to have him here. Uh, he did tell him that uh, he remembered uh, Margot had robbed him of a, of a hit uh, last year. And, uh, and he told him, uh, I'm glad you're here. So you can't do that anymore. So nice. um, it, it's a good fit. We'll see. Uh, we'll see uh, how quickly he's ready, but uh, he sounds uh, eager to get to work. I saw our colleague uh, Bobby Nightingale tweeted, put on social media that this the trade basically means that they don't have their the top the five guys that uh, they drafted at the top of the 2021 draft have all been dealt away now. It's just kind of just like, uh, an oddity more than anything else. But I thought that was an interesting uh, thing that Bobby tweeted out. It is an oddity, and I, I um, it's interesting. Uh, it was interesting to me that they got uh, uh, Margot and and some cash to pay his salary for a guy that is a lot better fit on other teams than he is in, uh, in Minnesota. He's a shortstop. Uh, and, and, um, mostly as it's been proven to be a good glove, uh, more than a hitter. And, you know, the twins are growing shortstops, uh, lately. I mean, they, yes. Carlos Correa is, is going to be here another, uh, five years at least. And, uh, um, you know, uh, Brooks Lee is uh, is a shortstop. If they're going to have to move uh, to bring him up there, it's hard to see um, how uh, Noah Miller would have um, made the team in the next two or three years. Instead, they uh, they got a guy that can help. Glad you mentioned Correa. That's a good segue into just overall camp health. I mean, we forget Buxton was a big injury story last year. Correa gutted it out, played a lot, but played through you know, the painful plantar fasciitis in his, in his feet. You had Royce Lewis miss a lot of time. I mean, those, those are three guys that if they're healthy, even if two of them are healthy and the other one, you know, misses some time, but not, I mean, that's, it's a big, it's a big difference. You think about reasons for optimism that that is one that if, if big, if you can keep those guys healthy and it sounds like Correa is pretty optimistic right now about where his health is at. Um, those guys could make a huge difference. Yeah, those guys batted two, three, four today. Uh, Buxton, Correa, and uh, and Lewis, uh, and that uh, that's how they very well may line up uh, during the season. And you're right, they're all um, they're all doing extra work to uh, uh, prove their health and stay that way. Uh, and they are all uh, awfully optimistic about uh, the season. You know. Correa is candid about saying, you know, th- that was not me last year. That was the worst year uh, of his career at the plate. Um, and so uh, he is uh, he seems determined to uh, show that uh, that 
that's in the past and that he's he's the player he always was uh this year and and you know we're just on the cusp of uh of the uh Lewis era it, it is amazing how many uh of Royce's uh jerseys you see in the stand uh it it you know there was a time when they were all Buxton uh and there were a lot more Correas last year but Boy, people are going out and buying some uh, Royce Lewis jerseys, it seems. When you hit home runs in your first two postseason at-bats and end an 18-game losing streak, that uh, I guess that has something to do with it, I would think. Mr. Grand Slam, too, during yes. the regular season. Uh, yeah, he was, I think he was third on the team or maybe second in RBIs, and he only, amazing. Yeah. He only played half a year. So, uh, yeah, a lot to, be, uh, lot to be excited about, and it has been an extraordinarily – uh, healthy camp thus far. Uh, I mean, the games have started now, so uh, that could change. But uh, it it doesn't feel like I've written uh, about injury news uh, yet at all. And uh, past few years, uh, that's that uh, we had a whole list of guys to check in and see how they're feeling now. Royal Credit Union smart checking accounts offer no monthly fees and no minimum balance. Enjoy financial freedom when you open your Royal Credit Union smart checking account online at rcu.org slash go checking insured by NCUA. See Pablo Lopez for the first time on Wednesday. By all accounts, he looks, you know, sharp in what he's done so far. The pitching staff's kind of the the question mark, at least from where I sit. You'd like to maybe see them add another high high end starter, but it doesn't seem like that's necessarily in the offing, especially after we hear Joe Polad say not spending a lot more money right now, not going after any of these guys that are kind of sitting out there right now, which is understandable, even if he didn't necessarily need to say that. Um, What's your take on the pitching staff right now and where they are? I would say that uh, they have a lot of candidates uh, for, uh, for being really good. And uh, it is, uh, you know, the trick is to do it. Uh, you know, Chris Paddock looked great in his, you know, couple weeks uh, return last year. And, uh, and, you know, they're, they're counting on him. Uh, that's not a, that's not a small deal. Uh, uh, Bailey Ober, I thought Bailey Ober was uh, a, on the verge of becoming a, a solid number three guy for three or four years now. Uh, this year he's, definitely got the opportunity right from the start and we'll see if he can live up to that um you're right they have lost uh, particularly sunny gray uh, who uh, who was uh a just a sensational pitcher uh, maybe the best uh twin starter since uh well i don't know if uh, i would go back to johan but uh uh maybe uh irvin santana he, yeah. was, he was terrific last year uh, and that's uh that's a big loss, although I keep pointing out to people, the Twins weirdly had a losing record when Sonny Gray pitched. So uh, they'll have to find someone else to take tough losses, I guess. But uh, um, I feel like all the uh, all the tools are there, uh, and it's a matter of figuring out uh, which ones um, you can stay with and uh, which ones you don't. Uh, Louis Varland is this year's Bailey Ober, almost certain to start in the uh, – um, minor leagues and almost certain to be up by the end of April. Seems like the final thing. Maybe seems like the general mood then is optimism. Everybody's everybody's happy in spring. It's February, right? They're down there and it's it's sunny, it's warm. But like, it does feel like they they go into this year 
in a different place because they did win the division last year. They got that whole postseason streak off, kind of off the boards. Now there's kind of this this wanting more, but there's also this feeling that they can do more, right? I think they definitely feel that way. I mean, they only won 87 games last year, and uh, and uh, so many is so many of the new players cite the talent that they have on this team as reasons uh, they're happy to be here and you know wanted to come here. Uh, so uh, you know, I I think the feeling in the clubhouse is is definitely this is uh, look at the talent around this room. We have enough uh, to do it. It didn't hurt that the. Uh, that the World Series last year was the Diamondbacks and the Rangers too. Uh, you know, a couple of teams that uh, made the playoffs in the last week of the uh, season. They're, the feeling is definitely there that um, they've got enough to get there, and they've got some high end guys that could uh, make a difference once they do. Absolutely. Well, Buxton's at the top of that list. Read Phil's coverage of. Buxton's first game back, Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. I'm sure there'll be many, many more things written about Byron before the uh, spring and the year is over. Phil, appreciate it as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Mike. Good talking to you. Appreciate Phil Miller's time as always. I always feel like we have to whisper about Byron Buxton's good health, right? Like You don't want to say it too loud because you know it's always subject to change but it does seem like right now things are in a great place for him you got to be happy for him he's a good guy he's a good person he's a great talent you want to see him succeed you want to see him be able to play to be able to give his best effort to be able to play center field huge for the twins huge for byron buxton feels like they're in a great place right now and again always subject to change with him but right now again you feel like you don't want to say it too loud, but right now it seems like they're in a really good spot with him. Seems like they're in a good spot with Carlos Correa. Seems like they're in a good spot with Royce Lewis. Things looking up in camp right now, at least on the offensive side. Like Phil and I talked about, still worried about the pitching a little bit, but that can sort itself out at some point. Not so worried about the offense anymore. I think that could be a strength of this year's team, especially if those guys stay healthy. Let's finish with the cooler. A couple of results from Tuesday night. The Wolves beat the Spurs. No Carl Anthony Towns as he mourned the the, the death of a friend. Um, Anthony Edwards had an, another injury scare. He he seems like he has injury scares like once every five or ten games. Comes hobbling out of the game. <clears throat> but this game, like he does a lot of times, came back in. Uh, was able to finish out the game strong. They beat the Spurs 114-105. Kyle Anderson has a hamstring in this game. He he's you know leaves the game with hamstring tightness. Starting to worry a little about about these little injuries. Like Rudy Gobert came back in this game and played. He had missed a game with the ankle. Um, Wolves have enough to withstand some of these little injuries. What you can't have at this point is a major injury. They've been, they've managed to avoid that largely for most of this season with with their big and their biggest and best players. So. How does that look over the last 24 regular season games? By the way, they're 41 and 17 right now, 41 and 17, which means they are guaranteed to not have a losing season. I know that is not the goal right now. I know they are going to win way more than 41 games, but that is, they have gotten to the point in the season where even if they lost their last 24 games, which they're not going to do, they would finish 41 and 41. That is, that is a high watermark for this team to be, for this franchise to be, especially compared to where they have been in the past. The Wild, on the other hand, had a 2-1 lead against Carolina, lost 3-2. That's a game you, you want to have, right? It's a home game. It's a chance to 
keep you know kind of keep ascending in these uh, in these wild card standings that you know they're in a tough spot they they put themselves in a tough spot they're battling like five or six other teams for what um, what will amount to one wild card spot essentially it's a long shot anyway at this point even with how well they've been playing can't drop those games at home it's going to happen but you, they they just don't have much margin for error they don't have much margin for error at all so that one on Tuesday night hurts so good result for the wolves Tough result for the Wild. That's kind of how it's gone this year, right? That's how, that's how these teams are. That's who these teams are this year. The Wolves have been the kind of the consistent dominant team. The Wild have been the up and down team. A departure, certainly, from past years. That will do it for me today. Like I said, plenty of stuff on Caitlin Clark on tomorrow's show, in addition to other things as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Michael Rand. Back at it again on Thursday. Thursday.